0: There we go, just, oh, I don't know what that was, some Stevie Ray Vaughan bastardization that I just, I was going to play something, Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or Jethro Tully or even, I don't know, something, but then I just did that. Hello everybody, welcome to the Pushing Rubber Podcast number 14. It's 1-4. That's because I'm doing these every week, one a week. Remember, kiddies, dailiness is the nuts. What that means is you've got to have a routine. That way you get stuff done. And My routine is on Tuesday, Australian time, I record this podcast and then on Wednesday, Australian time, I upload it then you all listen to it. And speaking of listeners, it's going up. It's it's getting there. I mean, you know, um, I think I've had about let's check uh, this week plays last seven days three hundred and fifty. That's all right. I'm pretty happy with that after a couple of months. You know, three hundred fifty plays a week. It's good. I still can't believe the extent of. People listening to me in Sweden, guys, incredible! I reckon if I if I land in Sweden, there'll be screaming girls at the airport, blonde ones, hopefully, not ones covered in burkas. Um But they're really getting into it, which is great. Um, oh, my name's Adam Pickett. This is the Pushing Rubber Podcast. I don't know if I did that already. Uh, I've had a couple of beers. Uh, beer of the week, drink of the week. I'm drinking this really nice beer. It's called Pacifico Clara, La Cerveza del Pacífico. And it's brewed in Mexico. Uh, And I actually have... uh, See, a lot of the beers that we get in Australia from overseas, they call them imported boutique beers, and they charge you an arm and a leg for them, and they actually brew them here in Australia, and they taste like rubbish. But I found a shop that actually imports the real deal, and I discovered these Pacificos. And I have to say, I'm a big fan. I think it's going to be an outstanding, absolutely outstanding summer quaffing beer. Which is good, because we should be heading that way soon. Uh, cigar today. I busted out one of my Kinky Freedmans. The Kinky Freedman uh, Governor. Uh, which is a big-ass cigar. Um, now, you might be asking to yourself, Kinky what? Kinky who? Well, uh, kiddies. For those who don't, you don't know... Kinky Friedman is an amazing individual. I first came across Kinky in the late 80s because he uh, wrote a whole series of detective novels, uh, fiction, but based on himself and all his crazy friends in, who are living in New York. Uh, and they're, they're underwritten by Kinky Friedman, and he calls himself Kinky. And he's a, he's a country and western, western singer, which he was in real life. He is in real life. He's still alive. Uh, but he's also the world's only Jewish country and western singer he had some major hits in the 70s such as uh they don't make jews like jesus anymore these are real songs by the way um get your biscuits in the oven and your buns on the bed that was a good one uh my personal favorite "Ride 'Em jew boy and uh kinky's kinky's a dude i actually saw him perform live in melbourne last year and um let's just say the words politically correct don't follow the old kinkster around and Kinky Friedman is also extremely well known, uh, for his love of cigars. And, um, uh, I was really, I really regret this because I, I got given as a present about four or five years ago, a, a whole box of Kinky Friedman cigars or a, diff- a whole assortment of his personal cigars that he gets made. I think they get made in Nicaragua and, uh, I've had them for about five years. Uh, and there are a lot of cigars in that box and, um, by the way, like uh, fine wines, cigars get better with age if you stick them in a proper humidor, uh, believe it or not. And um, anyway, I rocked up to the concert, and he was just having it at like this suburban hall, which was packed. With I think the average age there of people was 107, uh, so I was pretty young. And um, I rocked up, and I I was like, wow, why didn't I bring one of the Kinky Friedman cigars? I mean, I I I was. I had to have been the only person there who would have had a Kinky Friedman cigar, except for the man himself, who I bumped into standing outside smoking a cigar before his concert by himself at the front with a big cowboy hat. And I was like, if I'd had a Kinky now, one of my Kinky Friedman cigars, I could have busted it out and said, could you like this, brother? Could you light this up for me? And he would have gone, oh, my God, that's what I mine!" it We would have become best buddies, and that would have been it. But no, I didn't do it, so I suck. Anyway, but uh, anyway, that's uh, the governor, the governor, the governor is the Kinky Friedman cigar. I'll post the links up, Pacific Beer, I don't get, by the way, these, if these companies would be sponsoring me, that'd be awesome, but no, they not. Maybe one day I can sell out. I'd love to sell out. It'd be so awesome. You sold out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. I love selling out. Really, really cool. Um, now, a few things I wanted to I wanted to discuss this week. Um, firstly, <laughs> I'll link it up in the show notes, but 9MSN, um, I was logging into my Hotmail account this morning and on the 9MSN page, which obviously is full of complete rubbish there was there was this clickbait and the heading is the most beautiful athletes at the olympic games with 45 slides and i was like okay all right i'll click on this i'll do that and um now nine msn in i'm assuming it's like msn overseas it's completely political correct they've always got an agenda it's always Diversity and equality and feminism and wah wah wah. So I just clicked on this without thinking. I'm thinking, you know, and I was like, ah. Oh. And some of the slide. I mean, the very first slide is the shot of an oiled up Tongan man, which is not my idea of most beautiful athletes at Olympic Games. You can go through these yourself, but let me just go through them quickly. Penny Taylor, basketball Australia. If it's, she's not good looking, I'm sorry. Uh, Anek Verdeprepp beach volleyball Switzerland. Yes, I agree with this one. I would not kick her out of bed if she farted. Uh, then there's a bloke. What the fuck? Uh, then there's Federica Pellegrini, uh, who's a swim star from Italy. Absolutely, uh, she is the hotness. And if you don't know who Fed- Federica Pellegrini is, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Then we've got Ingrid de Oliveira from Brazil. No way. No way. 5 out of 10. Uh, Michelle Jenica, Athletics Australia. She has a face like a horse. Another bloke. Gabby Douglas, gymnast from the... I don't know she might be good looking, but not in that fucking photo. Uh, Emma McEwan, Swimming Australia. Are you kidding me? Another bloke. Another bloke. Very unattractive men, by the way. Morgan Mitchell, Athletics Australia. i I don't know what to say here, apart from no. God, no. Uh, Tom, oh, God. Uh, Michael Phelps, there's a rugby player. Missy Franklin swimming. Look, she's one cheeseburger away from being a walking catastrophe. God almighty. Carrie Lloyd, you've got to check these photos out while I'm saying this. Look, if, if, if you haven't clicked on the link yet click on the link because you need to look at these with me pause the podcast come back Carrie Lloyd soccer I'm sure that's a bloke it's oh my god Uh, Daira Kleshina long jump Russia well yes that's I, I, I approve of this choice Eugene Bouchard tennis absolutely absolutely love Eugene Bouchard, there's a bloke again, another bloke, another bloke, another bloke. Lydia Cole, Co. Golf, New Zealand. Now, just the title of this is "Most Beautiful Athletes at the Olympic Games." Now, either they're taking the piss, or they've got brain damage, or there's some serious problems over there with beauty because Lydia Co. she might be able to play golf, but she ain't gonna be wearing winning any beauty pageants. I can tell you that right now. Uh, more blokes. Turinish Dibiba, Athletics, Ethiopia. What do you think? No! Fuck. Laura Trot. If you thought the one before had a face like a horse, you haven't seen Laura Trot yet. Trot. Get it? Face like a horse? Trot. Do you see what I did there? Mm. Uh, Azaniszka Radowenska, Tennis, Poland. She looks like a stick insect. No. Uh, Alex Morgan, Soccer. Maybe, but she just screams, I want to be a mum and then divorce you. Ah, God, there's some other guys. Oh, and by the way, there's all this. There's, the, the diversity's going crazy here. Diversity. Ivana Makamushkovic shooting Siberia. Well, I wouldn't want to piss her off, so I'm not going to climb in bed with her. Uh, oh, God, no. Haley Anderson. Um. No. Rafael Nadal, are you serious? Mariana Pajon, BMX Cycling Club. No. Uh, Mariel Zagunis, Fencing US. She looks fucking insane. Al- Elise Post, BMX Cycling. Yeah, she's good for one night. Uh, Hope Solo. Hope Solo, that's her name, are you serious? Hope Solo, I wonder if her brother's called Han, anyway, no, Uh, oh god, God. Uh, that's it, anyway, I'll post that link up, and you can all go through um, the most beautiful athletes at the Olympic Games, and when I say go through, I mean like, just click the slides, because there's no way on earth that. Any of those girls, I mean, there's a couple of them, but who are we kidding here? Who are we kidding? Um, I want to do a shout out to Italy, because I do have some listeners in Italy, but today's Ferragosto, which is, or it's Ferragosto right now, which is uh, the national holiday day in August, which normally means it starts pissing with rain, that's what always happened when I was there, but uh, I know what everyone will be doing in the rafting base, they'll be working their asses off. But it was a good time of year, Ferragosto. And I always enjoyed it. Um, so hello to everyone there. I hope you're having a really good Ferragosto. Um, uh, okay. So this episode. Um, what I want to talk to you about is a Dead Set legend. And you'll notice that this is the Albi Mangle episode. Now once again, like the Kinky Friedman before, you'll be thinking, Albie who? Albie what? Okay, kiddies. So, included in the links, so I'm going to actually... Well, let me just start from the beginning. So, Albie Mangle was the original shitlord, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, So, here's, here's how the story goes. And I might get some of this wrong, but this is just a rough, a rough look at the whole picture of Albie Mangle. Uh, 1971, he's an Australian, though born in in Holland. And this is important because the Dutch Dutch are always crazy when it goes to overseas adventuring. If if on my adventures around the place, if I bumped into someone who was Dutch, if it was a girl, I was in. Because there's something about me and Dutch women. Uh, If it was a guy... I could be assured that any the craziest thing that I could think up to do the next day after we forged our friendship on beer and worrigy and rum the craziest thing I could think up to do the next day they wouldn't even blink they wouldn't even blink that's what dutch people are like remember if you've read my book on the white nile there's a rapper called the dead dutchman and I was a class 6 rapper that was first run unsuccessfully, I might add, uh, by a Dutchman in an inflatable rubber ducky. Uh, and they never found any. They found a little strip of yellow rubber. That was it. And he was never seen again. Um, the dead Dutchman. Big rapid. Very, very scary. We used to walk the boats around it. And it was just like, that's the dead Dutchman, that wasn't it? Anyway. So this Albie Mangles guy, born in Holland. Parents come across to Australia when he's about 8 or 9 or something like that. He grows up in South Australia, becomes a bricklayer. It's 1971. He's probably in his early 20s. Just about the age I was when I set off on my adventure across Australia. That took me around the world. And he decides that he's bored out of his fucking mind. And he talks a mate into joining him. They get a couple of motorbikes they got 400 bucks each in their pocket. And they go from um, the bottom of Australia and Adelaide right up through the centre to Darwin where they nip across to get some work. Their bikes break down, literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, somehow they survive. They get back to Sydney and then they get on this this 100-foot wooden schooner which is literally a wooden schooner because the engine fails as they're making their way out of Sydney Harbour. And they, they crew on this thing and they've got no experience. And they crew across to um, Tonga, I think. It's either Tahiti or Tonga? I'm pretty sure it's Tonga. And, uh, and then they go to this uh, really cool, uninhabited island. Uh, it's only about six, six miles long. Uh, which was an American base in World War II. and at the end of World War II, the Yanks just walked off it and left everything there. So these guys rock up in like Line Seventy One. No one's been there, and they're like, they they're driving trucks around and jeeps around. Apparently, they like sk- sk- salvage three tons of copper wiring. Do you know what that'd be worth today? Holy mother of God! Um, anyway, then they go through to Guam, um, and it's that now on the boat. There's like 20 of them, and there's 10 guys and there's 10 girls. Um, And I think the rule back in 1971 was only hot chicks allowed, definitely no fatties. In fact, no unattractive people were allowed on this boat. In fact, no unattractive people are allowed in the film. And this is an amateur film, so they shot a film of this. I didn't mention that. They shot a film, and they called it World Expedition. And apparently they shot like 900 metres or 1,000 metres of film on this 16mm camera that didn't really even have sound. And six years they journeyed around. Yeah, six years. So they get to Guam, and he says goodbye to Guam, and it's Owen Albee's kissing his girl that he found on Guam goodbye. There's the hottest blonde babe you've ever seen in your life. And it's like, what the hell? He goes to Japan, they go to Hong Kong, they go to Africa, they go to South America, their boat sinks, they get another boat, It blows up. There was like the curse of Albie Mangle uh, where, you know, people that would go with him would like suffer horrible ends and all the rest of it. And and all this was like going on for the camera. I think in uh, World Expeditions 2, there's like eight different girls, seven or eight different girls that he has at any one time. And he's sleeping with all of them, but not at the same time. And the audience is like, oh, my God, you're just a pervert. And he's like, well, okay, the film was two hours, but it took six years. Eight girls, six years, five years. It's not so bad. It's pretty quiet, if you ask me. Um, so this guy basically travelled around the world for six years, um, hooking up with chicks all the time, filming them, having adventures, Then he makes it into a film. Everyone tells him to go away. BBC laugh at him. Australian Broadcasting Commission laugh at him. So eventually they they get their own money and they make their film. It flops. So he's like, oh, well, this is crap. And by this stage, it's like, uh, I think it's like 1980 or something like that. So he goes and shows the film in a local country town. I think it was Ballarat and get 600 people on the first night and it's like a one-man band he's showing the film uh he's running the projector he's selling tickets he's he's standing up and doing a talk halfway through and if you watch the youtube one of it, it it about twice during it it cuts down onto the the countdown 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 because it was different sections of film they literally had to load another reel this is how old this thing is and it was huge it just went totally off so we funded his next one, World Expeditions 2, and this is when it really started to take off. And now, in the first one, the chicks are along because of his charisma and his adventure and an all around, you know, shit lord. Um, but now, of course, girls are like, well, if I join you, I'm going to be on the film that's going to get shown all around the world. And so he's getting even more chicks. So this is before this guy, <laughs> guys, this is the first YouTuber. This is the first, the first modern, me multimedia adventure. That's who Albie Mangles is. Who's Albie Mangles? My God, children, he is the beginning. He's Adam, as in Adam and Eve. He's the beginning of it all. He saw it all first. He went out and did his stuff. Now what you might find what you might find when watching world expeditions and they're all up on youtube 1 2 and 3 is that a thought will creep into your head which is that's great but you couldn't do that today and you're right and you're wrong because, yes, technically you couldn't do exactly what Albie Mangle did today because it's not possible. But you can definitely do your own version. I mean, look, he started out in 1971. I started out in 1995. I did my own version of it, except I didn't have the filming bit, which is probably better, looking back on it. I don't know if you... Can you be prosecuted for things uh, years after the fact? I don't know. That's on film. Yeah. I didn't have to film. But, and you could look back on me now and go, oh, well, you can't do that now. And you'd be right. But you can, you can do the next part. Just like I set off with bugger all money in my pocket and no ticket to nowhere except a motorbike, Albie Mangles did exactly the same thing, except he had a mate with him. Um, I, I look at the fact that I think his mate's name was John. They didn't, John didn't last the whole distance, I don't think. Um, but he lasted a fair while. We're talking years. And these guys were like, they got up to Japan and they'd been like in the South Seas and they get up to Japan and it's winter and they're dressed for the South Seas. There's snow around. These guys are sleeping in, in the rough, hitchhiked all the way around Japan, um, I remember a scene in the North Island, of Sapporo, where they're there and, they're, and these old women are cooking these bamboo shoots on the side of the road for breakfast. And, and the, the women look like... Oh, I mean, oh, they're, well, they, you know what they look like? <laughs> I'll tell you what they look like. They look like they're in nine MSN's most beautiful athletes at the Olympic Games. That's what they look like they belong in. Anyway, the old women share their bamboo shoots. That's a pretty scrubby fucking breakfast. Bamboo shoots on the side of the road when it's snow on the ground and you're wearing shorts and thongs or flip-flops, I think you call them in the States. The point is is that... Oh, friendship. I set off by myself. He went off with his friend. I think setting off with a friend's fraught with danger in the sense that... Uh, and I write about this in my book and I've written about it on the blog is that a, a journey like that where every day is made up of a, just a countless number of decisions. Uh, that, that takes a real toll on a friendship. I mean, you, you're, you're, you've, your friendship, it doesn't matter how tight your friendship is. It's got nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter how tight. You're going to have the tightest friendship in the world. But if you've got the wrong personalities to be able to handle each other on something like that, it's all going to go to shit big time. Very very quick, because you 're always having to make decisions, so where are we going st- when are we going to stop today well let's start from the beginning we'll wake up. What are we eating? Uh, when are we starting out? Where are we going? What are we doing? How are we getting there? When are we stopping for lunch? Uh, when are we, Where are we sleeping tonight? do you want to go here do you want to go there do you want to see this do you want to do that it's just like this this constant and if you haven't got two personalities that fit together very very well in that situation then it's not going to work and your friendship no matter how tight it is is going to is going to devolve and, and dissipate into a big puddle of poo so uh, on that i admire what they what what the two of them did albie and, and john uh, personally, I think it's better just to, to find someone on the way, pick up someone on the way, in a sense. Well, In my book, I met Eve, the French-Canadian uh, biker, dude, who was travelling around Australia. He was travelling around Australia as well, so it was Adam and Eve. And he was a cool guy, he was a great guy, we got on like a house on fire. Um, but I could have dropped him, well, I did drop him. Um and it's easy, I'm going this way, you're going that way. Okay, no problem. But you can't drop your best friend. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go this way this morning. What do you mean, man? But we're travelling together. Oh but oh yeah, but I think uh um I'll just um yeah. I wanna go over that without you. Doesn't work, does it? So best to set off on these adventures on your own. How old should you be when you set off? In the... I don't know. Go watch Albie Mangles. Albie Mangles is the man. Apparently he's still a lot. Apparently he's still around somewhere. Dodging the scores of women that are saying, this is your kid. Um, but apparently he's still around. And I'll, like I said, I'll put the links up to the Albie Mangles um, uh, World Expeditions 1 two and three. Um and like I said, he's the original shitlord. The absolute original shitlord. And some of the girls that he had on his trip were were quite um photogenic is the best. They tended to be leggy, athletic, blonde, Uh, with high-chiselled cheekbones in a kind of a Nordic-Slavic way. Um, Just the type of girl that you want lounging around on the deck of your boat. Look, if you're shooting an adventure movie, that you're going to be travelling around town. Look, it was a a brilliant premise, because because we saw saw one of his films when we were a kid. We went along to the local flick. Now, he wasn't there, but we went along and saw one of his films. And as a kid, it was awesome, because... I think I was like 10 or 11. First of all, you saw naked people, but from the back, like they'd be washing themselves on the boat. And so you'd be looking at these 18 or 19-year-old girls pouring the buckets of water over each other and washing each other, but you only saw it from the back. And it'd be like your 10-year-old brain would be melting down at this point, melting down. I mean, you've got to understand, back then, the most excitement we had was walking past a news agency stand and sneaking a look at the cover of a Playboy. That was it. So an angle, Albie Mangles film. Holy Lord. Absolutely sensational. Then, of course, you're checking out which chicks he's going to be with. Uh, yeah, the adventures were great. He was in Africa and South America and all these different places and goes through India. and, and It's it's all brilliant. And driving the, the, the old abandoned Jeeps around the... World War II island. I mean, what's cooler than that for a kid? What's cooler than that? Well, you mix it with all the chicks and the chicks lying around on his deck of his boat. Oh, they were, they were, they were the mustard. They were, they were, they definitely cut the mustard. They were very, very good. They were very, very good indeed. And Alby used to get criticised, of course, even back then for all the girls. It's was, it was just like, so what? They're girls. Why do you think my films are so successful? And you knew he was sleeping with them all. He was sleeping with all of them. Every hot girl that you saw on a world expedition, you knew that Albie Mangle had had some of that in some way, shape, or form. He'd had some of that. And they always left him, obviously, because he's a shitlord. He's an alpha. Al- Albie, Albie, M- we should, in the manosphere, we should get like an Albie Mangle award or something like that. And we should, we should we should award it every year to the the up and coming eh, albie mangle and we should have like a little albie mangle statue we could call it the albies or the mangles or something like that i don't know but he truly is and I'm, i'm being totally serious here he truly is the basis i think for everything that has come he paved the way as such and he ended up being on like travel documentaries and all sorts of stuff but he's totally dropped off the grid i've I spent the last day or so doing some research on, on the old internet, seeing if I could dig up where he is. But uh, because I'd love to do that. I'd love to interview Al- Albie. All right. Alby. if for some reason you get hold of this, you need to read my book and know that I'm a kindred spirit and then I can do an interview with you on the Pushing Rubber podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be the highlight of your life? Pfft, obviously. Why not? We can talk about all the chicks you're screwed. That would be good. I think Albie would like that. So, Albie Mangle. Total shitlord. Uh, shout outs. Uh, my sponsor of the blog, the good cappy, Aaron Clary. Has a new book out yet. Now. Now. It's a book out now, I think. Reconnaissance Man. Uh, I think it's out now. But I was listening to one of his podcasts earlier today and um, he said something about still uploading it to Kin. I don't know. Uh, I think it's up. It's definitely up because I saw reviews of it on Amazon, which all looked good. Um, so you can check out uh, Aaron Clary at captaincapitalism.com, blogspot.com. He's got asshole consulting. You can ask him questions and he answers them if you pay him some money. It's not very much. I've done it. I've done it once. Um... Maybe I should get Aaron to help me find Albie. It could be like... Uh, maybe maybe Aaron and I could go on a road trip to find Albie Mangles. Because I have heard he's in the States. I could fly to the States for that. We could go on an Albie Mangle road trip. We need to find Albie. And literally, when we get there, what would we do? What would we do? We'd walk up to his, up his house and we'd knock on the door. And uh, I suppose we prostrate ourselves on the ground before him in supplication. That's what you do with people who forge the way. And when you meet them, what else do you do? Abject Abject worship. That's the whole point of this. Abject worship and chicks. And Albie's had all the chicks. He's done all that. Doesn't need them anymore. So, uh, shout out to Cappy. Um, Check out his new book um and i'll put the link up for that awful msn um most beautiful athletes at the olympic games and you can all throw up in your own mouths um and uh and that's all i got that's a bit of a shorter one i've been i've been drifting i've been drifting into like 40, 45 minutes on some of these later ones, whereas the start, the early ones around 2025, but uh, I just wanted to talk about Albie, I think Albie's a great guy, um, and that's it, and you should go and you should go and have adventures, that's what I want to say, you should go and have adventures, really, because actually, did you know, here we go, the original topic that I was going to do on this podcast today, I was going to call it the university episode, the college episode. And I was going to talk about how crazy it is for young people to, and you all know this, to just cut your cut your own legs off at the start of your adult life by taking on $50,000 or whatever it is of debt for something that you're never going to use and it's never going to get you a job and you lose all those years. I mean, Albie Mangles started out with 400 bucks in his pocket. Now, what's that... That's probably about 1971, 400 bucks. I suppose that's about two and a half grand today. I'd say. I'll times it by five, five or six. So it's about two and a half thousand dollars. That's what he started out with. Uh, when I left Perth back in 1995, if I had a grand to my name, I would have been lucky. I would have been very, very, very lucky to have a thousand bucks to my name. Um, you just go out and do it. You get dirty. You make shit up as you go along. You learn stuff. Um, is sleeping rough outside a pain in the ass? Yeah, actually, sometimes it's fun. It just depends, you know, if you get raped and murdered or not. Um, but, but just go and do it. And I oh, look, maybe, all right, my mm. Swedish listeners, so you're up in Sweden. So you've got the whole of Sweden there and Finland, and you can go down into like the Baltic states and Latvia and all the Baltic chicks and aren't there like islands in the Baltic Sea that are abandoned from World War II and stuff? And and you got the whole sea to sail around there, and then you got Russia. I mean you could go like from from Sweden to Russia, right the other side of Russia, the whole way across, and then jump that gap and be in Alaska and then come down. I mean whoa, hey that's just crazy. And you could just like I mean now these days now you can film the whole thing, and get uploaded every day. You could have millions of fans. Someone like that. whole point is get out there and do stuff. Be an Albie Mangle. Hmm. There we go. Not the stupid university. So the university episode, that wasn't going to work. I was like, university episode. Oh, look, everyone knows university shit. Aaron Clary has completely debunked the whole thing. Um, what's his book? Worthless? Guide to College Degrees? I mean, there's no point. There's no point. Just get out there and live a little. Do stuff. Learn. But I don't know anything. That's exactly why. Exactly why you need to get out there. Exactly why you need to do stuff. To learn. Because you're not going to learn at a university. <laughs> it's, it's like an oxymoron, isn't it? Uh, you don't go to university to learn. No, no. Um, you go there to spend your money. Uh, and Get indoctrinated into the latest progressive uh, liberal policies. And when you leave... Um uh, you'll have a piece of paper, which isn't really worth that much anymore. And if it is, it's going down by the day. Um, okay, so you don't go to university to learn. Or you could stay at home and be on the internet, play video games. Um, yeah, it's not going to work. I well, you just take off. Just take off. And I, didn't, I didn't start taking off by going overseas. I, I went across Australia. I lived in Sydney for nine months. And then I went up to Cairns, and I lived there for a year. And then I went to Canada, and then that turned to shit, and so on. And you just make stuff up as you go along, all right? Just make sure you don't get any chicks pregnant, and you don't fall in love with any chicken. Like stop your whole your whole journey. But she's the one. No, she's not. Christ Almighty. So there we go. Uh, the Albie Mangles episode dedicated to the original shitlord, alpha male, general all-round badass dude, Albie Mangle, here at Pushing Rubber Podcast. Sir, we salute you. We salute you with this Pacifico Clara the, um uh, the beer of the Pacific. We salute you with that, and with our kinky freedman, Governor Cigar. Um, May all of your dreams, Albie, be pure and impure at the same time. Uh, This is Adam Piggott. This is Pushing Rubber Podcast. Uh, I hope you have a very good week. Go and check out my blog, Pushing Rubber Downhill. You can read about my adventures by my book, which, by the way, has been selling pretty well the last week or so. I think this podcast is doing okay. Uh, So thank you for all those of you who bought my book. I hope you enjoy it. Leave a review. If you have. And remember, the next book will be out very, very soon. Weeks away. Weeks. I know you're on to the edge of your seats. Uh, Until next week. You kiddies out there, you you stay safe. You stay safe. Bye now.